Today is October 2nd. The 2023 regular season has come to an end. The Bucks finish with a win on Sunday, but our offseason is coming soon. Let's talk about it. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey man, what's going on? Go ahead and say it because for those of them are uh, audio only and didn't see your little hand gesture. (laughs) Big bang. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was hilarious. It was. Season's over, man. I, here's, here's, I will say this, though. I hope he doesn't start carrying actual money all the time. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> like, going like to come back to stick to the hand, but, but I'm good with it for the last game of the year. Like it was, That was fantastic. For anybody who wasn't watching the game yesterday, Dowry Moretta, Big Bank Money Moretta, actually pulled out a real $20 bill from his back pocket after a scoreless <laughs> eighth inning. And, yeah, it was hilarious. But also, like, yeah, kind of, I mean, I guess if you have it in your back pocket and you don't do well, you just leave it there. <laughs> so it's not like he... He did strike out the side, so... Right. He finished the season very good. Mm-hmm. Very good sign. Hey, before we do anything else, we're recording this Sunday night, 10 years to the day from the 2013 wildcard game. And we can't not say something about it. No, you you have to. You know what I mean? So we'll (laughs) let Ernie take it away here. Perfect. That ball's hit well to left center field. Back toward the track. And that ball is gone. Mmm. Mmm. Someday, <laughs> we're going to be there again. 1-0 in October this year. Let's go. Uh, we got a long way to go. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it all off-season on all the things that we think they should do that they probably won't, things that we think they will do that they might do, and things that we hate that they did that they did. And I know that don't was very ha- negative, but... Yeah, but don't we have one of those already? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, according to Jason Mackey, Pirates already dismissed at least two hitting coaches in the minors, uh, Ruben Gote in Greensboro and John Nunley in AA, which I think a couple weeks ago people were saying, why don't we just get John Nunley to be the hitting coach of the Pirates? <laughs> so that one's interesting. Yeah. It seems like, I don't know if this is this is all me, right? I don't know if this is true, but... Could you imagine if it's like Andy Haynes, like this guy went over my head, let's get rid of him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I doubt that's it. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Especially because it's supposed to be like, you're all working together to do the same thing. That'd mm-hmm. be stupid. Uh, Bednar ties the NL lead in saves with a save on Sunday. And I think it's pretty much about it. Like no homers, no key. Brian Hayes got to 30, 30 doubles in the series. Didn't uh, Connor Joe as well? Did he hit a double? He hit one today or yesterday. Yes, both him and Key Brian and Brian Reynolds actually ended the season with 31 doubles. So that's a thing, I guess. Doubles is a real stat. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's true. It's a real stat. Well, I had a conversation. So I had a conversation with my with Ashley the other day about oh. Freddie Freeman getting to this 60 doubles. And she said, Does it really matter? You can just stop at second and not take the triple. I'm like, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like Freddie Freddie Freeman's not legging out too many triples these days. So I think he's just worried about getting to second. He's not even thinking about third. Yeah. Did he get there, by the way? I I I, I lost track of Freddie. Yeah. Did he get to 60? Oh, I love I love the history. Listen, I love the history of my browser 
because as I was typing in, it was like, I'm sure you mean Freddie Sanchez. And I was like, yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) He was going to be the first one to get to 60 since like the 30s. Dude, your voice sounds really weird right now. What? Yeah, it's like a robot voice. Is it really? Yeah. Still? Yeah. Let's pause and see if we can figure this out. Cool. Okay, we got that squared away. That was weird. Okay, so... Yeah. At this um, point... I was checking. He got the 59 doubles. He did not got get you. to 60. Okay. So he tied Todd Helton. Is that the major league lead? No, no. Todd Helton was the last one to approach 60. Okay. Okay. In like, in like so long. If you hear screaming in the background, my kids are safe. <laughs> my cousins are visiting. And so... If you hear them, it's fine. They're allowed to have some fun tonight, so I'm not gonna, not gonna mess yeah. with that. But anyway, so we've got some things coming up. Uh, well, first off, Pirates finished 76 and 86, which is right in between where we were at, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, not like like almost almost dead in the middle. 75 was dead in the middle, right? 75. Well, it was 70 75 and a half, I guess. Right? Would have been. No, yep. yeah, yeah, it would have been. So, yeah, so right yeah, there, 75, right in 76 in between. Um, probably where a lot of people were. I think that they really, I, I think the way they did it was weird, but I think that they performed about as good as we could have expected over the course of a full season. Yeah. At this point, some roster discuss- decisions coming. Um, we're we'll saying bye to a few people. And then you and I are going to take a look at maybe some positional assessments i think is how we'll do it and we'll save a little bit for for moving on right to to we got plenty of weeks to talk we've got plenty of off-season topics to go over we are not going to try to cover everything today so if there's something that you guys want to hear about that we're not touching on hit us up and let us know and i mean Mm -hmm. obviously we we want to get into that stuff so First off, uh, I don't really know what order you want to go into, um, but there's some roster decisions coming, and and we're saying bye to some people. Uh, let's just let's go over who did we say bye to, because we talk about this like over the course of a year. There's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of moves that are made, and so this year, um, you know, we kind of make it a point to say sometimes like this team will change. This team will evolve as we grow and as we improve. These things are going to happen. Um, in April, it was Heineman went to Toronto for Vinny Capra. Um, he played like 18 games with Toronto. Capra, I think, was a little bit less than that. Blake Cedarlin was released in May. It's a name that we remember. In June, uh, Robert Stevenson traded to Tampa Bay for Alika Williams. Tyler Chatwood was released. In July, Mark Mathias was claimed by Seattle. Uh, we released Travis Swaggerty, which was a big one for us this year that Kind of mm-hmm. caught a lot of people off guard. Um, he signed with the White Sox in August. Uh, we released Drew Maggi after that weird, exciting, uh, <laughs> magical, whatever word you're going to use for it, um, <laughs> moment this summer. Which, you know, which was kind of a cool moment. I mean, really, in in yeah. a in a vacuum, um, mm-hmm. but also, you know, he was released. Deadline moves sent Carlos Santana Milwaukee. Uh, G-Man Choi, Rich Hill to San Diego, Rodolfo Castro to Philly, Austin Hedges to Texas. And I think we saw a lot of that coming, uh, except for the Castro one. I was going to say, except for the Castro one. Castro one still kind of surprises me. And I, I honestly thought we'd get rid of one of the two first basemen. I didn't really necessarily know if we'd get rid of them both. That's a good point. Um then in September, Johan Ramirez claimed by the White Sox and Rob Zestrizny was granted free agency. You also have Dwayne Underwood Jr., Chase DeYoung, and Will Crow are still in the organization, but we're all DFA'd this year. Anything to add there? Yeah, a little uh, MLB saying goodbye to uh, Miggy, Miguel Cabrera. Mm. Fantastic career. Um, mm-hmm. Shoe-in Hall of Famer. Yeah. My guess is no one's going to wear 24 in Detroit anymore. Maybe. Um and Adam Wainwright, we never have to face him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But no, both I great, mean, both Maggie, really good careers, though, man. Right. And Maggie got to, yeah, different levels for sure. Uh, you yeah. know, I don't know yeah. that Wainwright is, 
is in the same realm there. But, uh, well, I mean, I know that he's not in the same realm, but I don't know that right. he's, you know what I mean, even close. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but a good career for sure. But also, mm-hmm. Miggy got to field the last play of the game, which is always kind of cool. Yeah. To get to, to get to get that last out of your career on a ground ball that you take yourself. You know what I mean? It's yeah. pretty cool. You, you know that went into his back pocket. Yeah, like threw it to the second baseman or something at some point. Oh, really? So I don't I don't know what ended up <laughs> happening with it. You know he has that ball. Yeah, you would think. But you would think. I saw I saw they they've already got a little structure set up in the outfield. It's a big twenty four and it's made out of three thousand baseballs, five hundred of which are gold baseballs. 3,000 hits, 500 homers. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. So I guess there's one thing that kind of that kind of gets me on that, and you said nobody will wear 24 there. But it logged a lot of seasons in Detroit. 16 years in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Wow. 2,300 hits in Detroit, 373 homers, 1,300 RBIs. I mean, there's some big numbers in those five years in Florida. Won a triple crown in Detroit. Oh, he did, yeah. Two MVPs in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, his. yeah, that's true. His best year is certainly in Detroit. Okay. That's what I was concerned. I was, that's what I was curious about. You know what I mean? Like, where, yeah. did, where yeah. did that actually land there? But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Wow. Okay. That surprises me a little bit. Anyway, those are the guys that we said bye to. There will be more this offseason, but... Um, it's just kind of interesting to see, like, when you're a team that's kind of in these rebuilding stages, how many people, uh, like, what the turnover's like, even from opening day to the last day of the season. And, yeah. I mean, I just named, I, I should have counted them, but I just named a lot of guys who logged major league innings that, you know what I'm saying, that we saw go away, and you know what I mean? So, kind of, you know, it's a, it's a thing. You, yeah. you should see less of that. I don't know if next year you will. I think there will still be some I think there will still be some moves like this next year. I don't think it'll be in the same vein. It won't be those the the five guys that left at the deadline. I think that that is what's different, right? It'll be yeah. five well, I mean Hedges would be a guy that you could see moved. I mean just because hey, w- we can't do this anymore. <laughs> But, like, actually, to be honest with you, I mean, aside from the two first basemen, the other three weren't doing good for us. They weren't helping us. And so, in a way, you could say that those types of moves may may happen. But, you know what I mean? Those those DFAs, uh, like, guys like Swaggerty probably is a really good example who might be a good player. I mean, talent-wise, we understand that, that there's some things going on there. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, might be, but at the same time, like there's there's not room because we're we're pushing for something different. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And you could see that kind of thing with like Underwood and DeYoung and Will Crow this year, where they're like we're giving opportunities to somebody else because they're they're not happening here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think there's there's some of that too, and we should still see some of that next year. I think as this team continues to at this point, you're trying to not just get better but do better and be better. Mm-hmm. And so if a guy's not getting it done, it's not like he needs more opportunities. It's kind of like he needs less opportunities because somebody <laughs> else is going to take them, hopefully. This is the right. hope, right? This is the only reason that we spend time in the offseason talking. Um, so anyway, there's some roster decisions coming, and these are the kind of things that that the off season will kind of dictate when we talk about them and when we, uh, like at what point we the, the decisions have to be made. But uh, Reynolds and Hayes are under contract, and that's basically it. Other than rookie <laughs> contract, you know what I'm saying? Like all that right, stuff. Who guys right. that they have still have control of? But there's a club option for Harleen Garcia, and I think that'll probably be a topic of discussion at some point. If you've got a comment on that, I mean, I forget what it is. It's like three point two million, something like that. I mean, if he can grip a baseball, it might be, you know, it's, yeah. I haven't really heard a whole lot about what's going on, what the progress has been. Right. Yeah. And, and when do you have to make that call? Do you at some point just decline the option to clear the roster spot? Right. Yeah. And I don't, I'm really bad with timelines like that. So I don't know when they got to make that call. I would imagine it's probably 
December something. Yeah, we'll have that. We'll have that calendar list and all that stuff that I'm not going to make a guess on it. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure if Ethan's listening, he already knows. Yeah. Um, but I haven't actually I haven't really looked at the calendar for this offseason yet. I think it usually comes out sometime during the playoffs, the exact dates. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that it's there's something around that that time frame, end of November, um, early December kind of stuff uh, where you have to make those types of decisions. And it might even be – actually, it might even be that whole like seven days after the World Series, these things need to be decided. Yeah. So I think the arbitration one's a little bit later, but I don't know about the options. I think it might be right away. It's funny how like you can look it up every year and be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But when you haven't yet, you're just completely <laughs> blank. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Not to mention it's been a blast of a weekend around here. Right. <laughs> it's right. just been a lot going on. And so it, it everything's kind of a whirlwind right now. Um, arbitration list is Andujar, Ryan Baraki, Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, David Bednar, Connor Joe. Where are you at on these guys? Just quick and dirty. Like I'm not asking you to make decisions, but is there anything that's kind of like an easy button or, or anything? I think, I think honestly, most of these guys are easy buttons. Really? Yeah. I think Baraki's done enough. Yeah, obviously, Mitch fair. Keller. You're going to be looking at an extension for him. Yeah, I like Rube that. Baker, you know, you're not ready to give up on him yet. He'll make Bednar, the same money as he did last year, right? Bednar, you're looking at, you know, hopefully maybe get locking him up. He's going to get a raise. Yep. Um, Connor Joe and Andujar are the only two that are a little bit of question marks, and I think Connor Joe did enough to. They're going to bring him back, and you know, we're on. I'm not on Team Andujar, but I'm not against him either. So. Yeah, I I would be okay if it's one of those things where last year when Andujar went to arbitration, they just signed him to a deal to avoid arbitration like right out of the gate. And I really hope that it's not the same thing this year. Yeah. I'm thinking more like along the lines of let's offer arbitration, but let's let this thing ride a little bit. If you want to offer arbitration, like if you need to, on the last day that you need to, you know what I mean? But I would yeah. say if he doesn't get replaced, but I don't know, like, does, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't have any options or anything like that. So, like, I don't know what, you know, what you're going to do. Well, he doesn't have options because we had to clear waivers or something like that this year, didn't he? Well, we DFA'd him. But probably not. No, he has no options. Thanks, I mean, Ethan. Just... <laughs> I pulled up Ethan's document that has the options and everything on it. So, no. <laughs> um, no options for him. No options yeah. for Barucky. Which is another did, thing. Yeah, but Baraki, I mean, he, he did through well this year, I, I thought. For the yeah. most part, he threw well. And I think is unless you get somebody to actually replace him that is known to be good. Like if we bring in a guy, bring in a free agent or something with a mm-hmm. little more of a track record. Andu Harbs are in Andu Harbs. Anduhar <laughs> is Arb three and has another year after that. Um Baraki will not have another year after that, but Andujar was a super two, so he has four years of arbitration. Gotcha. Um, but Baraki will be on his, he's a year ahead of Andujar as far as service time, and he'll be, this will be his last year of arbitration. So after that, he's free agent. Uh, Harley and Garcia, 3.25 million is that, is that uh, extension or uh, option. And I believe, and I don't know that it's listed here, uh yeah, it is listed here. There is no, there's no buyout on that. Mm. So they could, they could just it's gone. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I I don't know how you I don't know how you bring him back. But right. if you yeah. think he'll be fine, then sure. But three point two, you could probably get somebody else for that much. I don't really know. Maybe I don't. It's hard to tell. You're gonna have to have a lefty out there. Right, and and if you're going with, uh, I guess if you're if you're going with Baraki Hernandez and Perdomo, I maybe I'd like to see one more. And you already have Garcia, so if you think that's your guy, then you probably just say, "Here's the option. Let's run this back and try it again." Otherwise, you're going to free agency and trying to grab that lefty. Yeah, Baraki with no options. He's gonna if he's not getting it done, he's a DFA candidate or at least a. You know, 
But the funny thing is, is Perdomo is not going to have any options either. Man. So now Hernandez is going to have three of them. Yeah. He's rule five. He's here. You know, he's going to have all three. So, you know, that'd kind of be an unfortunate situation, but Perdomo, as far as, as far as this is listed as of one twenty three, well, he, he was optioned this year, but yeah, I mean, no options. So if he was options this year at any time, he would have had to have cleared waivers. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was there until he was on the injured list. So, could be. Anyway, moving on from that. Yeah, I mean, Mitch Keller, to me, is the extension candidate of that group. David Bednar is an interesting situation, and maybe we'll have that conversation at some point. I haven't really processed a lot. I have a hard time. Like, I know who Bednar is. I know, like, I love him, too, as much as a lot of you guys do. I'm just not sure that, like, I'm not sure that a closer is a guy that you extend too far. True. I I just don't know. Where's Bednar on my list, on his list here? <laughs> uh, yeah, right here. So you're talking, I mean, obviously three R beers through 2026. I mean, I, if, you, if you sign him to a contract, I lock up those three years, to be honest with you. And that's where I'm at with him. I mean, at least you don't do the song and dance every off season. Well, that's what I mean. That, and I think I do that, but I'm not sure that I'm like saying let's go five or six years on with a closer, especially a 28 year old closer. Um, birthday coming up, so next year, so 29, 30, 31. And I'm done with that. I hate saying it, but like yeah. I probably signed three years, and. In, tw- in the year 2026, I'm probably looking to move him and make Majinski my closer or whoever else steps up in the next... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whatever that looks like for the next three years. But I, I just... And this is just me speaking completely like non-emotional about any situation, which is the way that Ben Sherrington's probably going to do it too. But um, right. I, I just think close... I mean, we saw that. We were like, what? You're getting rid of Hanrahan? <laughs> and then it's Mark Melanson, Right. And it's like, oh, Mark Melanson became what he became. And then it was like, wait, you're getting rid of Mark Melanson? And then it was that guy that came in and he was like, oh, now we have the best again, right? And then we should have been able to trade him and get somebody else, but then we all know the story. And if you don't, you're better off not knowing. Um, So, you know what I'm saying? Like relievers and closers are kind of a thing that are here today, gone tomorrow in a way. Yeah, And... There are some, you know what I mean? Like you can take a look at Craig Kimbrell and guys like that and say like, no, these are guys that lasted a long time. Mariano Rivera. Yeah, but Craig Kimbrell was just a bullpen arm at one point. He had his little fall, little, little dip there, and then he went back to being a closer again. He kind of refound himself and became a closer again. I mean, well, but I mean, what's a... I'm sure he still did some work as a closer, but... But what's a bullpen arm versus a... I mean, it's all the same. Is he effective or is he not? I understand that there's somewhat of a difference, but yeah, I mean, 2019 and 2020 in Chicago were interesting years for him. Mm-hmm. And they didn't go well. But then he was lights out the third year in Chicago and then went to the White Sox and was whatever, but he was good in LA last year. He was good in Philly this year. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about 34, 35. So you maybe, yeah, maybe you saw at age 31 a little bit of a dip where he was solid before that. But he was also in the league at 23. Right. And you can't say the same, you know, for Bednar, whose who's career really, um, that's cool that MLB gives me an age there. So 24. But like 24 in San Diego, 25 in San Diego, you're talking about, you know, uh, 17.1 innings total. So until he came to Pittsburgh and threw 60 innings, I mean, you're talking about a 26-year-old who's breaking in at this point getting three saves last mm-hmm. year, 19 saves at 27. And this year it's like bona fide closer. I know that we said he was, but like, as far as the numbers go, right. Bona fide closer this year. And so that's a little bit of a difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where you're seven years or five years in, if you're Kimbrell with 40 saves, multiple years mm-hmm. prior to that, um, but a guy like this, who's a guy like Hanrahan, who's a guy like Melanson, you know what I'm saying? Like these kind of guys, 
or I mean, Jason Grilly, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, look what he did that year. And uh, you know, this was a journeyman, you know what I'm saying? So like, there's guys to find yeah. and there's guys to, that are going to be those flash in the pan guys. And then there's guys who are going to be, and I think Bednar, you know, could be a good reliever deep in, but we, it might not be right. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about it more. No, I, I know I just I riffed on it for five minutes, but you know what I mean? <laughs> we'll, we'll probably have this discussion more when this comes up. I would right. like them to not ever have to go to arbitration with a guy like David Bednar. Right. If you're going to do something for me for a local guy and you're going to say like, we did him right. I think one of the ways to do it is to say, let's avoid that process. Mm-hmm. We'll give him, we'll give pay the him for even, these three years. Even and we'll, give him one more. Give him one more past the Arbiers. If he's wanting it and if it's the right price. Mm-hmm. But for me, I give him market value for the next three years without going to arbitration. And that way he's available if 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 it doesn't, you know, if there's a certain way that things go and we're loaded with arms and we need an, somebody else that we can use him as a way to grab another arm or grab another player you know what I'm saying? Because we have yeah. somebody who's who's able to step into that role. So I, I don't know. I, I I just don't know. It's tough. But like that's you cannot play emotions all the time in a situation like the Pirates. You just can't do it. Sure. They, they won't. You know what I mean? It it'll come back to bite you. With that said, Andrew McCutcheon becomes a free agent, and I say they resign. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's pointing to that. I think it's uh, at this point, you know, we're talking about a little bit of a different situation. Um, you know, this is a guy who still was very productive this year and he just has to DH. And you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. any kind of extension. Um, well, no, we're, I'm going to let that, let that sit. We're not going to keep, you know, going back to that. My bad. Um, but Andrew McCutcheon and, and Vince Velasquez are the free agents there. And I think we'll, I don't know that we'll get something right away with McCutcheon. And the only reason I think that is because I think they'll save that roster spot if they can. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if they just say, hey, you're off the roster. We're kind of pinched to stay at 40 right now. And we don't really want to DFA guys that we might need. And we're trying to work out a trade. And maybe a couple of those guys go in a trade or something that clears Mm -hmm. that spot where we can keep a guy instead of DFAing a guy early and then trading three guys and then having extra spots, but you somebody else claimed a guy that you could have still had had you not yeah. had to put McCutcheon on that 40-man roster. So that it would be a smart move if they kind of came to a gentleman's agreement that at some point when they have a spot available on the 40-man, because I think they have like, I forget what the number is, but they've got several guys on the 40-man roster that are like coming off of, um, coming off of the injured list and immediately following the World Series, everybody's off the 60-day injured list, which means I think the Pirates' 40-man roster goes to like 46 or 47. And so you got to make cuts right away. Now, two of those guys are Andrew McCutcheon and Vince Velasquez, so they're gone. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So you already have those moved out of the way. But at the same time, I thought maybe I had a note on that, but it doesn't look like I do. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's a situation that that will present itself as well. You know what I'm saying? So I think that maybe they leave him. I think that they leave him off for a while until they need, until they have an, uh, or unless they just are like, we're going to DFA this guy anyway. Let's, but I mean, you're talking about having to DFA seven or eight guys Mm -hmm. before you have room to, to put him on it. And as soon as you sign him and put, and they can do that. They can do like, we've agreed to terms where there's a physical that's pending. And then you leave that thing pending for two months. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then we're all like, oh, what's going on? Why isn't it official? To me, this would be a really good reason for it to not be official. Yeah, it makes sense. I never really thought about it that way. They, they, they try, they're going to try to game the system as much as they can. I would anyway. Yeah. I guess that's how yeah. I'll say it. I certainly would. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't put him on there until you absolutely have to. But there'll be plenty of time to dig into all these different scenarios um, a little bit deeper as they come up. Once it's like, hey, you know, this is coming up here and this is, you know, I mean, uh, not mm-hmm. to mention extensions. I know we we just did like five minutes on Bednar. Um, but the next time we talk about it, I might have a completely different opinion because I haven't dug into it. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, right. I'd like to dig into, 
you know, some, some comps and things like that before I say, absolutely not. You know, I'm, I'm kind of middle of the ground here, but Mitch Keller's obviously extension extension candidate that we'll have conversations about. I don't know if there's really anybody else right now. Do you, you know, is there anybody else kind of sticking out for you? I mean, I don't think you're you're going that way with Oviedo yet. As far as starting pitching, that's all you're talking about. Relievers really just the only interesting one to me would be Endy, mm. because it's so early. Probably lock him up for super cheap, kind of like a uh, like an Ozzy Albies type or the Acuna deal, like stuff like that. Those guys and cheaper than those ones. <laughs> okay, because they were like studs right away. And and Andy's got a little little work to do in my in my opinion, but he's shown a lot of signs, a lot of positive signs. Um, no, I think the Aussie Albies contract would probably be a really good place to start. Yeah, I mean it's only seven years, thirty five. That average of five million. Uh, okay, yeah. You know uh, what I mean? Like the yeah, most he gets cheap. paid is seven million. That's actually a pretty good. Yeah. But you got to be convinced. You know what I'm saying? I mean, O'Neill Cruz would be really interesting. If yeah. he's about to explode, mm-hmm. you kind of want to be in front of that. Yeah. But I don't know that, like, is there any part of you? We're not going to go deep, but is there any part of you that maybe worries that it, it may not? You know what I'm saying? Like, are we convinced <laughs> right now? I mean, I want to say yeah. Yeah. I, but it's, but, but, but there it is, though. I, I know. Want to say yeah i know so yeah it's it's interesting it's definitely interesting and that's a, i'm glad i don't have to make the, tr- the decision <laughs> for sure yeah i think there's a lot of that you're, you're scared of risk but you cannot win without taking those type of risks mm-hmm. and so there's that as well we can't sit here and say like well we got to make sure he works out first but as soon as you know like actually know he's too expensive right and and you don't want to pull the trigger too soon like we did with some of our other guys in the past, like Polanco. Was that too soon, it though? Because that was, the, like, it was the same trigger as you pulled on Marte, and that one worked. And Polanco right. was supposed to as well. Right. So I, I don't really know that it was just – it, it. some of them I'm worked. Just saying, I'm just saying, like, you didn't, you didn't know with Polanco. I'm sure there were some reservations, but they were like, let's lock him up anyway. Yeah. Let's get this outfield locked up. Well, that, yeah, that was it. I mean, they, they thought they knew what they had. Yeah. He was the power of the three, really, supposed mm-hmm. to be. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. So let's get into kind of the meat and potatoes of today's episode, the thing that maybe, you know, we'll actually have some in-depth conversations. I don't want this to be a preview of the rest of the offseason, even though, quite frankly, this is not the offseason. <laughs> We're not in the offseason yet. We have a postseason that MLB has to play, and it's not until after the World Series that all of this stuff starts happening. And we're going to talk about it all, but like, I just don't want to get out ahead of it uh, in a way sure. where we say, and I know a lot of people already are, uh, and that's awesome, but I, I don't do it that way. I take my time. Because if I did knee-jerk reactions, I'd sound like an idiot. And I don't like sounding like an idiot. Um, Some people are really good at knee-jerk reactions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm usually not. Um, Okay, so let's do positional assessments of the season. Let's talk about... And I'm doing it positional-wise because I think that is a first step to looking at what your needs are. And I think we all can generally say what our needs are here. And I mean, first base. Yeah. I didn't realize you were asking. I just, yeah, thought you were talking. I just, well, yeah, but I was just going to say, because we all know, I thought maybe you'd fill yeah. the, the positional or the, the needs in too. Yeah. First base is definitely one center field or outfield. You know what I mean? At some point you're looking at, what is going to happen there? Mm-hmm. Starting pitching Starting is pitching. number one, right? Yeah. I think maybe if first base isn't, it's starting pitching. Um, and then kind of you kind of fixed the problem and traded it away. First base. Yeah, but you only fixed it for one year anyway, and yeah, and Brohim wants to come back, so maybe <laughs> I don't really know. 
Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's let's go ahead and go through, and I'll, I'll throw you a softball first. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a position, and I'm going to list all the people who played it um, in the order of games played, just for anybody who's wondering what order I went in. Uh, third base, Key Brian Hayes, Jared Triolo, Rodolfo Castro, who's gone, Vinny Capra, Drew Maggi, who's gone, and Tuca Pita Marcano, which that was probably like a handful of games. So we're not breaking down all these players. What we're doing is we're going to take a look at third base. Where where do we sit? Here's a softball, Jake. This is a great spot to be in right now at third base with Key Brian Hayes, the way he's, you know, if he can continue the hitting, he can continue that in the next year. We got a great starting third baseman, and it's so like a almost a um, a leisure to have luxury. That's the word. Mm-hmm. Go start with an L though. A luxury to have a guy like Triolo that can come in and just step right in and just also play lockdown defense on third. Yeah, that's a huge. Uh, it's a huge thing. Like our backup third baseman is better than most people's starters defensively. Mm-hmm. Defensively. Defensively. So, yeah, I think it's a good spot. Offensively at that spot, like you said, Key Bryan uh, had what I think I would consider a breakout year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he finishes the year with, with a 271. The on-base needs work, 309. But because he had some struggles and still was able to get 31 doubles, hit 15 home runs, and check a few boxes – late in the season for an extended amount of time mm-hmm. then I think that I think he kind of found what works for him and shows um, essentially how to like that he's learned how to grind through a season and make adjustments and 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 be better and I think that's one of the things that we needed to see and well, they were talking about it in the game today I think it was 326 he's been batting since August 8th or something like that yeah I mean that's a long time it's you know right months. It, and I'm sure that the, the on-base in that time is even higher, obviously. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So yeah. if his on-base is 309 on the season and he was hitting 326, his on-base is going to be in a pretty good spot, right? Yeah. So I think that's going to be I think that's going to be good going forward. There's still a lot of chase there sometimes when, you know, with a guy on uh, and runner runners in scoring position. And that's like one of those things that like these pitchers are awesome. They're gonna they're gonna make that happen. But as he as he matures a little bit and gets those at bats, that kind of stuff becomes, you know, better. Yeah. And hopefully, as this lineup matures, then maybe he's not the one that's asked to be more than fifteen home runs and thirty doubles and a two seventy one average. You know what I mean? Let's not let's not try to put this guy in position where he has to be a thirty homer guy, or you know, bat him lead off where you'd want that on base to be even higher, like. He's a productive player, and yeah. I think that's what it is. And we always knew that the bat was never going to be elite, but the defense was. So if you can give me 15, like if you can give me 15 homers a year and we think it'll go up, it just by the nature of like, I don't think he's going to hit 324, but if he could do this a little longer, I mean, you're talking about 15, 20 homers as he, as he grows up a little bit. If he can stick around 270 even, I'm super happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a great season, and and a guy who, you know, maybe those thirty-one doubles starts turning into, you know, a little bit less with, with a little bit more homers or something like that. Um, I'm obviously in a great spot there, and I wouldn't touch it. Like I don't yeah. think there's anything else needed. There are guys other than those two, um, who could step in. Um, Nick mm-hmm. Gonzalez has played some third, and um. I don't know about Bay, really, but I mean, come on. He, he what can what else can he do? I mean, he can't do any worse. <laughs> I, I suppose he could, but he's probably not going. Like it's going to be what it is, right? So anyway, um, let's move on to first base. Carlos Santana, Connor Joe, Alfonso Rivas, G-Man Choi, Jared Triolo, and Andy Rodriguez are the guys who played there this year. Um, obviously, Santana's gone. Connor Joe, not really, uh, not really, you, you know, not going to be a starter option, I would think. Um, looking at Rivas here for a second, if I can, if I can find him on this page, which is super interesting. Here he is. 
So it still has two options. So maybe they hold on to him for a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If you go into next year with, you know, uh, a Connor Joe Alfonso Rivas first base, or uh, Jared Triolo Alfonso Rivas first base, I, I just don't like a platoon at first base. <laughs> to me, it's just another now. It's just another position that didn't need to be platooned. Yeah. To me, like, save that for the outfielders. I, you're usually less versatile. If it's Jared Triola, that's different because he is versatile. But uh, this is a position that needs addressed. I would agree. Um, Carlos Santana said, wearing a Brewer's hat, that he'd love to come back to Pittsburgh. So that's an option. We certainly didn't hate what he did there. I still think that that should be a part-time. Maybe maybe Triolo gets some more looks at first if he can continue to hit. Then you know he can get more looks there while you do that. But at the same time, I, I mean, me personally, and I know that we'll talk about some of this stuff moving forward. But I'd love to see him go out and and take a risk on someone. You know what I mean? Specifically yeah. for me, and it's this is early, and it's just something that that I've thrown around, but I'd love to see somebody like Reese Hoskins. And I know that it kind of sounds like it's a high, you know, whoa, whoa. And what are you going to do with the starting pitching if you go, you know what I mean? But I think there's a way. I think there's yeah. a way to make it happen. But um, but that would be aggressive. You know what I'm right, saying? that'd be real aggressive. That'd be aggressive. And I don't know. It, obviously, that changes a little bit, I think. If, like, they make a qualifying offer to him, then I think I could see a point where I'm like, ah, oh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe might, we don't. He might he might play in the postseason. That's what they're saying. I I don't know. He I could be reactivated if they make it to the World Series. Yeah, I I, I don't see the value in that. I mean, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, why would you? I mean, you could come in like Kyle Schwarber did and just rake in the World Series. Yeah, I guess. And just think if you with, have a if you Schwarber have a group doing if if team. somebody's not bad, or I mean if somebody's doing really poorly. That he could replace, then yeah, I see that. Sure. Outside of that, like, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Right. But I think if you're clicking, you stay clicking. I agree with you. But all right, let's move on to second base then. G1 Bay, Nick Gonzalez, Leover Piguero, Rodolfo Castro, Mark Mathias, Capita Marcano, Jared Triolo, Vinny Capra. That's a lot of guys. A lot of guys. Mm -hmm. We knew there'd be a lot of guys. And I I'll start first and then kind of give you a little bit. But what I'll say is, a lot of people got an opportunity to take this thing. And we talked about it in spring, and we continued talking about it all year, and no one took it. Where are we at on second base for you? I think the 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 one guy that could step up and really take it didn't get enough opportunities to step up step in and take it. Uh, and that to me is Piguero. I think mm. Piguero is gonna be a good option. Um but he really like he not that he did they didn't say let's try you out he needed to play short <laughs> you know what i mean we needed him to play shortstop but i think he could be a good option at second base and and i think triolo will be a good cuz i think he'll play all four spots next year i think he's on this roster and playing all four positions as a backup um maybe not shortstop but the days he plays you know, we're giving Cruz a day off. Peggy steps into shortstop and Triolo at second. But, um, yeah, and I'd like to see how Gonzalez progresses. To me, for for my money right now, next year, it's going to be between the starting job is going to be Peggy and Gonzalez. As much as I'd like to believe you, I can't imagine – uh, G1 Bay got 371 plate appearances this summer. I'm hoping we trade him. And I, I for what? I, uh, maybe I'm not. Maybe maybe there's somebody out there who sees that value higher than me at this point. But I, I just 371 plate appearances. Regardless, of, I mean, he did get the most time at second base too. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, uh, Leover played a lot of short, but still 213 plate appearances, which is way less than Bay. And that's fine. And there was it was a little bit different. I think he kind of surprised us a little bit when he showed up, but he also swings at everything. And he doesn't get on sure. base at all. And so there's, there's a little bit of that. Um, but at the same time, you have Nick Gonzalez with 128 plate appearances, 
And yeah, I know there was struggle, but like you saw when he's sent down that he's just going to just keep eating alive AAA pitching. He needs to be here. And this was the year to give him those opportunities to get punched out so that he could find a way to, to it, all you have to have is just a little bit more success and you find a way to lean into those things and then mm-hmm. adjust. And he just wasn't able to do that. 35 games for Nick Gonzalez compared to G1 Bay's 111 is ridiculous. It just doesn't make sense. And you look at some of the numbers and they're just not that different. Obviously, you're going to have some... G1 Bay numbers are going to look better because of, one, he gets an advantage with his speed. That mm-hmm. is a tool and that is that, that are, there's value there. But he gets that advantage. There were infield hits he had this year that Gonzalez doesn't get. And then there were infield hits this year that were errors that they didn't mark. But regardless of that, um, you know, G1 Bay has a 296 on base and he hit leadoff how many times? Right. Like, we're not there. Unfortunately, for the rest of second base, Pagaro was a 280 and they had the same bat. Uh, G1 Bay had a lower batting average <laughs> and yet he was still 16 points lower in on base. And Nick Gonzalez was way lower in everything. Like I said, I felt like the opportunity just didn't continue to come for him. And it wasn't, hey, I'm going to give you a month to start every day with days off. You know what I mean? When they Mm -hmm. did do that, it was in AAA and he mashed. Right. So that made it hard. I saw a lot that I liked, but it wasn't enough. Right. I mean, you you look at Bay... His his OPS was six oh seven, and and Nick Gonzalez was six sixteen, and that's just a little glimpse of like a lot less things from Gonzalez. And I thought that he handled the glove better. Yeah. You know, he's not going to steal your bags. I get that, and if that's what you're looking for, that's fine. But he's got a lot of the work to do on defense before he's ever a starter on my team. Bay Bay, yeah. Yeah, I, I just I agree with you. I can't, I agree I can't with you 100%. do that. But the problem is, is I don't think they gave enough time to Nick Gonzalez for him to really show us anything. He didn't get an opportunity to prove anything to us. Yeah. And I thought that Bay got more than that and still fell short of really being excited about anything. Second base is a problem right now because nobody grabbed it. Yeah. All right, shortstop, Tucapita, Alika, Leover, Rodolfo, O'Neill Cruz, obviously, is where we're at here. Chris Owings, Nick Gonzalez, G1 Bay. All right, so it's O'Neill Cruz, and we feel good about it? I do. Yeah, I'm there, too. I don't think it's going anywhere else. I don't think you need it to go anywhere else. Um, you know, I, I guess, I, I, you know, maybe selling Marcano a little bit short in that conversation at second base, but um, the injury, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. when he's going to be back. Right. I would imagine it's not opening day. Right. So, catcher, it was Hedges, Delay, Rodriguez, Heineman, Henry Davis. Um, it's Andy Rodriguez you feel like going in, but there's also all the reports saying that Henry Davis will work on catching in the offseason and he will show up to spring training as a catcher. Yeah. Which changes some of our answers in the outfield. You know what I mean? If he comes out, yeah. if they say, we have moved Henry Davis to right field and he will be our right fielder next year, or at least he will compete to be our right fielder next year, then I think our outfield discussion changes. Because then you're saying Jack-Jack has to be able to man center. Yeah. And since you're not, that's kind of a holdup for me. So yeah, catching position is is probably going to be a three-catcher tandem again with Andy, Henry, and Jason. To let you Any disagreements there? I, yeah, I mean, if you're going to go out and get another outfielder and you're going to say Henry Davis is catching, then you got to have two catchers. You're not going to carry all three. Well, I think Henry Davis is going to get opportunities to do other things. I think uh, I think Andy will as well. I think the opportunities will be there. Um, I don't think McCutcheon, even if he's DH, and I don't think he plays every day. So I think you're going to see those guys, if they're not shuffling into that, somebody else is and they're playing a position. Um, you you can have, like... the. You can't. Depth is good. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, Henry Davis wasn't him or Andy. They weren't really crushing it offensively either. So there's some work to do for all of these young guys. And 
I mean, I don't know. I I could see you carrying three for that reason because they could be playing other positions as well, specifically I agree right with field. You that there's, yeah, I agree with you. There's more work to be done with some of these younger guys, and it all has to be done at the major league level at this point. It, that's exactly right. You can't say Henry Davis is coming in as a catcher, and we're, we're going to keep Andy, but we're going to put Henry down so they can both play. You can't do that. No. He has to just be up, and you have to figure out how to shuffle that. Right now, neither one of them have taken off offensively where they can't share time. Right. You know what I mean? They're just they're going to have to. All right, so in the outfield, Reynolds, Joe, Palacios, Swinsky, CSN, Andujar, Rivas, an inning in left field. Uh, center field, Jack, Jack, Bay, Reynolds, Palacios, Owings did an inning in center field. And right field, Henry Davis, Palacios, Andujar, Jack-Jack, Andrew McCutcheon, CSN, Matthias, and Cal Mitchell. Cal Mitchell, obviously, DFA'd. Um, and he is with the organization right now as he didn't have enough minor league time, but he will now that the season's over. So he could opt to be a free agent, a minor league free agent, if he wanted to. Uh, my guess is he'll do that. Yeah. Um, however, uh, I kind of zipped through all that because I think we understand that Brian Reynolds is a left fielder. And then I think we are saying, you know, as the conversation went with the rest of them, that there's a hole. Yeah. There's a hole to fill. And I think that can be filled in either center or right. I think Jack-Jack did enough this year to show that, like, we can play him in center field. Day in and day out. And I like like Palacios being a, a bench guy who can play all three spots. If needed. You like that over Connor Joe? Yeah. Or do you like both of them? I mean, I think we'll have room for both of them. And and Bay's gone in that scenario. Because I think when you think about it, you're like, well, Henry Davis can play outfield and Bay can play outfield. So when you start to look at at you know how you're trying to get 26 guys there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah, sure yeah, that yeah, there's room yeah. for Palacios and Joe, especially if Jason DeLay is also there. You know what I'm saying? Because of Henry and Andy really can play outfield as well, can play corner, which is at PNC. He's, I mean, the most is it's probably going to be right field the same way. Right. right. So, right. I mean, there's situations like that where I'm like, well, I don't know. And it depends on who else you sign. If you go out and you sign a right fielder, Palacios becomes a little more important because he could play center. Mm-hmm. Then again, so could Reynolds. Right. So if, if you know, if Sawinski had to be out of a lineup, you could move Reynolds and place somebody in left, and you could do that. But it just depends on what they do. But Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know. I just I just don't want to do this G1 Bay game again. I just don't. I'm not. <laughs> I, I get that, but it's I think they do. They see the value in the speed. I just think that he – it's really interesting because when I looked up the numbers a few weeks ago, it was like, oh, you know what? Bay actually does better his first two at-bats, and then he's bad. So does that translate if he gets those at-bats later? Or do you want him actually starting off the game and then being taken out? Because then you say, well, we could be he, we could take him out for defensive purposes, which to me makes a lot of sense. Like, we need to get him out of the way late in games. He blew a couple yeah. games this year. Right. Specifically one at the end of the year against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Like actually blew the game. And so like that's one of the things that you're a little bit concerned about there is his but like just imagine like we need a run and he's still there. And they walk Sawinski. Or yeah, you know, I just use him because he walked a lot. Yeah. And it's like, hey, put him in for Sawinski and we'll deal with the defense because we need that run. Uh, Sawinski might be a bad idea because he's actually he can actually run. But like they walk somebody who, you know, might you know, because then you could just make a make a switch. Yeah, but it, does, it doesn't matter if they can actually run or not. Bay is going to be running faster. But if you have to go back, yeah, that's true. You start off an extra inning game. My goodness, what would it be to just say, Bay's in? Yeah, he's the Manfred runner. Let's go. Yeah, it's a guaranteed, uh, not a guaranteed run. Obviously, with this offense we've seen <laughs> this year, but hopefully, it's better. But right. But I think if you're carrying him, you're going to have to use him. And yeah, so I think those are the kind of things that are going to iron themselves out. Um, we're getting close to our time here, but I think we had some kind of mess ups that I might edit out. So, as, as well as that line, DH, uh, we believe it'll be 
Kutch, but it's Kutch, Reynolds. I mean, that is everybody. Okay. Yeah. It's everybody. everybody. And I think that it's, we'll just, we'll just wait and see how this goes. I mean, there's nothing to say here. It'll, it'll probably be Kutch and then they'll keep using everybody like that. Right. Pitching, it was Mitch Keller, starting pitching. Mitch Keller, Johan Oviedo, Rich Hill, Luis Ortiz, Ronzi Contreras, Osvaldo Beto, Vince Velasquez, Quinn Priester, Bailey Falter, Andre Jackson, and then all the openers that started. But we're talking about just the actual position of starting pitchers, right? Right. Mitch Keller, Johan Oviedo, you on that? Yeah. They're in the rotation, wherever they are. I'm not saying they're mm-hmm. one and two. I don't believe they're one and two. We had that discussion last week. Go back and listen to, was it just Friday's episode? Go back mm-hmm. listen to episode 165 for that. Um, but Mitch Keller to me, one or two, I think he's one, even if you bring in somebody, unless you bring in like, I don't know who you're going to bring in if one, right? I think Mitch Keller's one, mm-hmm. um, Luis Ortiz, Ronzi Contreras, Quinn Priester, and then Osvaldo Beto, Bailey Falder, Andre Jackson. Like those are tears for me, you know, Contreras, maybe he's in the other group. I don't know. <laughs> It's it's a bad year, so you, you don't know how much to put in that. He obviously needs to come back totally different. Yeah. A reinvented pitcher. Yeah. Just go back to whatever you were doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely the most unsure group of them all. We will not make those strides to be over 500 and pushing for a wild card spot if we don't address starting pitching. Yep. And I think that this team could go out and be serious about this. Don't go out and sign a couple, you know, Quintanas and Vince Velasquez's. I know that some of that has worked out, but some of it hasn't as mm-hmm. well. You know, you could say the same. Vince Velasquez worked until he didn't work. Now that's unpredictable. That could happen with a great pitcher. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's, you know, a little bit unfair, but he was a risk. Um, in the first place. And so even though he worked out, it was a risk. And I just think you don't have room for that right now. You have room for one of those. Sure. But when you did Vince Velasquez, I'd have been happy with Vince Velasquez if Rich Hill was someone else, was like a bona fide starting pitcher. Then I'd have been like, you went out and got a, a good one. But for me is if you get that good one and then you get like a, a wild card for the, for the next one that you get, Let's say you sign two, and then you depend on Ortiz, Contreras, Priester, Falter, Jackson, one of those guys to round out the number five spot. Just one of them is all you'll need at that point. Yeah. If you could do that, because you went out and got either an outfielder or a first baseman, then that's actually what I like. Right. I think if you can, if or else you address two great pitchers and then you deal with whatever you can get at first base. And that includes Carlos Santana. For me, if you just, if you settle for Santana, then I think you need to go out and do two, like, for real pitchers. Maybe a, like, a top end one or two, and then a guaranteed number three to jump over Oviedo. Or else, I don't mind if you go Keller, free agent, Oviedo, and then your guy, if you went out and bolstered someone like a Reese Hoskins. Like, someone, like, you you went for real. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, and insert name here. That's just my example. That's my guy that I am kind of clinging to right now. Not that I will all the way, but you know, that's just, that's just what's in my head right now. Yeah. And if you go out and you're serious about the offense, then I think you can, I I would understand that. Um, relievers, I think we're actually okay right now. I think a lefty is, is possibly, I wouldn't mind seeing Perdomo, uh, DFA because we made a move to get a, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't want to throw out too many names right now. I know that we're going to be talking about that kind of stuff down the road. Um, but I don't know, but I've heard the name. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Trying to, yeah, I know, you know, Hey, we got other, we got my time I'm looking at my time and I'm, and I'm thinking about what we still have to talk about. So, um, there's a lot and we could sit here and say, let's talk for two hours and cover it all. We just can't do that. No. Yeah. We just can't do that. So, um, so I think, I think we can shut it down right there. I'm not going to read the list of relief pitchers. It's very long. Um, <laughs> and it's likely very long every year. 
But you know you have it's Bednar. Be very long. You know you have Bednar, Holderman, Holderman, Majinski in the back end. To me, you need. It would be great to have a lefty. I don't think Baraki's there yet. I'm not sure Hernandez, probably not there yet. But if you could replace Perdomo with someone that can be there in the back end in that seven, eight, nine, then I think or eight, nine. Let's just go there. Eight, nine. You yeah. know what I mean? Get a lefty that can do something like that, and you're. It's a big deal. Um, after that, you have plenty of guys. Dowry Moretta is going to be a, you know, you and I are very clear about the the role we like him in. He could also show up. What was that? Yeah, that was somebody taking their <laughs> whatever you want. I, I, it's cruising the coast down here, so who knows what the heck it was. Oh, and that's right. You got wild. you got the, all this stuff going on now. Um, yeah, I could, yeah. It's going to be interesting to watch and see how this unfolds. Uh, it, it'll be a while. Mm-hmm. We got to wait for the playoffs to to happen first in the World Series and all that stuff. So let's wrap it up here. Blue Jays, Twins, Rangers, Rays, Diamondbacks, Brewers, Marlins, Phillies. That's the matchups that we'll see. The buys are Houston, Baltimore, Atlanta. And the Dodgers. And, dude, the way Houston got in was pretty wild. Yeah. Seattle missed out, so my World Series prediction preseason is done. You got a, you got a favorite right now? Is it staying in I the mean, house or first round it, out? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, if they – I don't know. I'm going to keep my <laughs> mouth shut. I mean, she doesn't want to say this anyway. So, yeah, I'm rooting for a first round out. Um, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Orioles. Happy wife, happy life. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta see Atlanta win it all. <laughs> but they just yeah, did. But my bank account won't like them going to the World Series. Oh, because she's already saying if they make it to the World Series, she's going to a game. You, and you and can I'm say, probably, well, we can only afford one, so have fun. Well, yes and no, because if, if she's going to get to go to a World Series game, I'd love to go too. Yeah, I'm but, sure. I'm not going to be able to the weekend that she'll be able to. And she's only going to get to go if they make it to like a game six or seven because mm. of work, which is even more expensive. Right. Perfect. Good luck with that. Um, are they, so who's your actually not who you're rooting for, but who's your, who's your pick? If you were to just on the spot, take a pick. I mean, if I'm just looking at the, I mean, I have a hard time betting against the Dodgers. Hmm. They just seem to find a way all the time. Yeah. But I mean, my picks, my pick's going to stay in the house. It's, it's the Braves. I mean, the power's been there. They it's got unbelievable. two studs at the top of the rotation. You're going to have to go through Strider and Freed. It's just tough, man. Yeah. I'm they, not they, sure. They're set up. I'm not sure Baltimore has the pitching. Maybe I don't know enough. I still like, I still like Philly. Philly's tough. For me, it runs through whoever wins. I think Philly beats Miami, and whoever wins Philly and Atlanta takes it all. Houston, obviously, still good. They're still that good, yeah. despite not being. You know, they'll get if they get hot. It's going to be awful hard to beat that team. Mm-hmm. So, should be fun. Hopefully, we see some new faces. I mean, we already got Baltimore in there. We've got, you know, uh, Blue Jays finally, you know, getting through. Maybe can maybe can make a little push. The Rangers. Making good on you know some of their some of their stuff. Arizona's in the in the mix. Miami's not. I mean that I I'm just not impressed overall. Yeah. Um, but they did it. I didn't believe in their 2020 team. Uh, I still don't believe in their 2020 team. I thought if it was a full season, they would have never made it. Yeah. Uh, but this team's different. They they've been doing this. They clicked. They're pretty good. I just I just don't think they're gonna have to get through Philly and Atlanta. I just don't see it happening. They're right. too familiar with them. Right. So I just don't see it happening. But all right. Should be fun anyway. Let's play some music and get the heck out of here. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, we do not have an episode Friday. So this is a back to off-season, postseason, off-season, once-a-week stuff. Uh, next week, I, I to be honest with you, I don't know what it's going to look like, but we're, we're going to team up with... 412 double play and do something fun there. I, I think that with you and all of your escapades there are going to miss out on that, right? We actually don't <laughs> know that yet. We don't know for sure. But, but there's a maybe. Okay. Well, 
Um, that's all we have for this week, guys. Trevor Hoffman, Rolex, or Rolex, said, said Rolex. Trevor Hoffman, Relief Man, Bednar, let's go. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks. <laughs>